Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash entitled people, where people do what they want when they want because they think they're better than everyone. And in this episode, we've got Karens letting their kids trespass, entitled siblings demanding outrageous sums of money, people throwing tantrums in grocery stores. Guys, it's going to be another wild one. I hope you enjoy the stories and don't forget to hit subscribe for future tales. Guys, we're diving in. So the store I work for has a very famous dress code. It's an X color shirt matched with Y color pants. We were also encouraged to put on a coat when we're on the floor during our breaks, but sometimes it doesn't matter. So on this day, I had clocked out for the day, and I'm on the floor with my jacket on, getting some cleaning supplies before I leave. I have a basket and my earbuds in. Of course, that doesn't matter to this customer, who we'll call Karen. Karen comes up to me and says, Hey, you work here, right? At this, I pretend to not hear her, with my music and all. And that's when she gives me a few hard taps on the shoulder, and she says, Excuse me, sir, I will not be ignored by an employee. At that, I reply, I'm sorry, taking out my earbuds, trying to act casual. Karen repeats herself and says, You work here, right? I saw you out on the floor with a name tag. I say to her, Yes, but I've clocked out for the day. If you have a question, I'd be happy to quickly answer that, but other than that, I'm going to have to ask you to respect my time and find another employee. Karen then assures me that she'll be quick, and then explains to me a long, complicated situation involving a return that she'd like to make that requires communication with the manufacturer of the item. I do give her a minute or two before I cut her off and tell her that her question should be directed to guest services, and point her towards the desk. At that, Karen says, but you didn't let me finish. To which I respond, I can tell that your situation requires more than what I can do in a minute. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go. At that, Karen says, but your job is to service me, and you will not go home before helping me with this issue. I won't allow it. At this point, I'm losing my patience with her, and I think she knew this. I say to her, ma'am, I'm not on the job right now, and I need to leave. Please direct your issue to guest services. As I say this, I can tell it's not going to end well. Thankfully, I'm standing next to one of our in-store guest service phones. And while I'm still talking, I pick it up and punch in the code that tells our security to hop on over to that location. Karen says, how can you say that? You are giving me bad customer service. What if I told your manager about your behavior? I bet your tune would change then, huh? And just because you're not on the clock doesn't mean you get to stop doing your job. I'm a customer. And this is when my favorite security guy who we'll call Jesse shows up. Jesse says, hi, how can I help? Karen tries to say something, but I hold up my hand, and she keeps quiet. Startled, I think. I say to him, this guest needs to go to the guest services counter, and she's having trouble getting there. Now, using the word trouble like I did is our code for get this woman out of my face. She's harassing me. Jesse replies, I can absolutely help you with that, ma'am. I'll walk you there. Karen doesn't even put up a fight, and I go pick up my shower cleaner and go. 
My favorite parts was her telling me that just because I was off the clock doesn't mean I get to stop working, aka helping her. Like, bitch, that's exactly what it means. I only wish OP said that to her face, guys. Um, ma'am, that's exactly the definition of being off the clock. And not only that, guys, a lot of companies actually don't like you working while not clocked in, as it does violate labor laws and could lead to a lawsuit if something were to happen. But again, the audacity of that woman to say, you're not allowed to go home, I won't allow it. Okay there, lady. So I'm a 29-year-old female, and when I was about 10, my mom married my stepfather. I have an older brother named Luke, who was 15. My stepfather had Amy and Ada, who were 12 and 11. A thing about us is we didn't come from a privileged background. My mom was a minimum wage worker, and my dad was absent. Our stepfather had a very good income. Their deal was they wouldn't combine finances, and they would each contribute equally to the household. And then, each takes care of their own children with their spare money. That meant that my mom never had anything for us, and my stepfather was spending big on his kids. This included holidays, which Luke and I were excluded from. My stepfather would pay for mom, but not for us. Luke and I also shared a room, even though Amy and Ada had their own rooms. We had to share a small guest room because stepfather insisted that he was paying more towards the house so my mom's share would only get her one room for the kids. Luke and I were constantly teased for this situation by the three of them as we grew up. My mom always said that we should be thankful because if it wasn't for our stepfather, we wouldn't be living in a nice home in a good neighborhood and we would have much less than what we had. Anyway, Luke and I became determined to be able to take care of ourselves so we wouldn't need to take nonsense from anyone. We've both done quite well with our careers and finances, and we're in a very good place. Since turning 18 and moving out, my relationship with the three of them has been very limited. I wouldn't call us friends, but we can exist peacefully if we're in the same place. So with that, I visited my mom recently, and my stepfather mentioned that Amy wants to buy a house now that she's pregnant. Knowing about my good career, he asked me if I'm able to help out a little with the deposit. The house is £500,000, and she needs a £150,000 deposit. She's got 100000 so far. 25000 on her own, 25000 from mom, and 50000 from stepfather. He was asking if Luke and I can help cover the extra 50000 and he said he would pay us back as part of the inheritance eventually. At that, I said no. And he insisted that Luke and I both own our houses outright, and with our incomes, we should be able to help. I said whether I can help or not is irrelevant. My answer is no. He then reminded me that Luke and I gave 10000 to our cousin for buying a house as a gift. And Amy is my sister, and he's offering to pay us back. I said that was our choice then, and this is my choice now. He then insisted that we should be willing to help out family if we're able to. And I replied back, like how you helped me and Luke when we were kids? Everyone just went quiet when I said this. After a while, he said if we went back in time, he would have done things differently and treated all four of us equally. I said to him, that's good of you, but that doesn't make you entitled to my money now. He says he knows he's not entitled, that's why he's asking and promising to pay it back. I said to him the answer is still no, not entitled to a loan either. My mom later told me that I could have turned him down without being an a-hole, or bringing up our childhood, which he already feels guilty about, so am I the a-hole? Definitely 1000% not the a-hole in this situation. Like, it's OP's money, and OP can choose what they want to do with it. 
And seriously, 25,000 pounds is not a little sum of money, guys. That's quite the chunk of change. And just because your family doesn't make you entitled to that money. And as for bringing up the childhood and being an a-hole about it, OP initially rejected him politely, but stepdad kept pushing and pressuring OP, so it's totally understandable that he heard the truth. And guys, a lot of people are commenting that OP's mom is actually the a-hole in all this. One of the top comments of this post says, I'm sorry, but your mother is the big a-hole. She allowed her husband and his children to abuse you. She went on vacations and left her children at home. She has no remorse and she called you the a-hole. As for stepfather and his kids, don't waste your spit on them. They aren't worth anything. They're only sorry now because they want what you can provide. Plus, I would have laughed in his face when he told me it would be paid by an inheritance. He must be pretty dense if he thinks you believe that lie. Again, not the a-hole, and I'm so glad you and your brother are doing well. Remember that you're not responsible for these people when they get too old to take care of themselves. So with that said guys, let me know what you think. So this semester, I started working as a student security officer at a private Midwest university. That means my job usually entails giving people rides to classes on a golf cart and getting them back to their rooms when they drunkenly lock their keys in the bathroom. Sometimes I get some very interesting calls, and this was one of those days. So some backstory. It was the end of my shift, so my coworker was coming in to switch with me. We get calls on a radio, but sometimes people can call from cell phones. The university is also private property, so we're expected to kick people off, and if they're belligerent, to get the police on them for trespassing. It's harsh, but it's my job. It's what I get paid for, and we've had some stuff stolen by teens on their bikes. Today, at the end of my shift, my coworker comes in and tells me before I leave that there are some kids on bikes lurking around campus, looking inside windows and just causing mischief, and we need to kick them off the property. He tells me this while grabbing a can of pepper spray from the cabinet. I agree to go with him, and together, we hop on the golf cart and we drive over to where they are. I can hear them from 30 feet away. They're blaring some music and yelling at the top of their lungs over it. That's when I get the feeling that these twerps won't leave when I ask nicely, but I hop off the cart and approach anyway. I'm staying about 5 feet away, so I do have some time if they decide they want to fight or something. My coworker with the pepper spray stays on the cart, about 10 feet away, just in case things get out of hand. So I walk up to the kids and say, Hey kids, you guys need to get out of here. This is private property. You need to go somewhere else. Kid number one says, F you. We're allowed to be here. Kid number two says, My mom says we can be here, so F off. I repeat myself and say, Again, you can't be here. You're trespassing. And if you don't leave, we're going to have to call the police. My coworker chimes in and says, Do you want me to call the cops now? He then pulls out his phone, and even before I answer, Kid 2 shouts something that I don't remember. And that's when they all hop up, and one jumps right at me, looking like he's ready to fight. I put my hands up to protect my face, assuming the kid's gonna try to punch me. I scream at him, back off, we have pepper spray. Now I do want to note that I will not realize the error of my words for another 5 minutes. As soon as they heard pepper spray, all three kids hop on their bikes and they bail the F out of there. I just shrug and hop on the cart, driving it back to the office and heading inside the office to start filling out the paperwork required for a police report, since I fully intend to press charges on the kids for trespassing now. 
As I'm doing this, I get a call, so I start into the radio speech, and here comes the entitled bitch. I pick up and say, hey there, this is so-and-so with campus security, how can I help you? That's when the woman starts screaming at me saying, you pepper sprayed my effing kid, you c-word. I say to her, I- I'm, I'm sorry ma'am, can you repeat that? The woman says, I sure effing can, you dumb idiot. You effing pepper sprayed my kid. I'm gonna call the effing cops on you. I reply, I'm sorry ma'am, but when did I allegedly pepper spray your child because I just had to remove three teenagers from the premises for trespassing? The woman screams, yeah, and you pepper sprayed all of them, including my kid. He's here crying right now, and I'm gonna effing call the cops on you for that. I just say to her, I'm sorry ma'am, but I didn't pepper spray your kid. If you'd like to press charges, you're more than welcome to, but I want to inform you that filing a false police report is illegal. It'll get you in far more trouble than just letting this go. At that, she responds, You, my kids are allowed to play wherever they want to play. You don't have the right to kick them off the campus. My taxes pay for this college. I say to her, your children were trespassing. I'm currently filling out a police report against them. If you'd like to further involve the police in this situation, you're more than welcome to. Have a nice day. I just hung up the radio, and I immediately get a buzz from the other radio, and it's my boss, calling me and telling me that I need to come to his office immediately. I tell him I'll finish the report and come there. He tells me to bring it along, and I do. He helps me finish the report, and congratulates me on professionalism dealing with that call. Apparently it wasn't the first time this crazy lady lied about someone pepper spraying her kid. And it probably won't be the last. No idea what happened to the kids. This is mega entitlement guys, like my children are allowed to do whatever. And if you don't allow them to, I'll make up a lie and call the cops. And can I just say that I hate when people use the my taxes pay for blah 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 so I'm allowed to do whatever. I'm pretty sure most people who use this line contribute very, very little to society, guys. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So I used to work as a cashier in a supermarket. This story took place on my fourth day of work there, and my second day working at cash on my own without a supervisor sitting next to me. Yes, I only had two days of training. Supermarkets in my country are a zoo on a regular day. However, Thursdays and Fridays are absolute mayhem at the store, and are a special kind of hell. Fridays, the store closes two hours before sundown, as do most stores in this country. 
People get crazy on Fridays, trying to get all their shopping done and get home in time to cook dinner. If you can avoid coming to the store on Friday, please do so at all costs. The reason Thursdays are hell is because we get all the customers who don't want to come on Friday. Now this was early evening on a Thursday, at a time when the store was absolutely jam-packed. We had 10 checkout lines open, and every line had at least 6 to 7 people in line. Basically, if you're stuck with a slow cashier, there's nowhere else to go, unless you have 10 items or less. So everything's going well, until I get a customer with 2 shopping carts full of items, mostly non-perishable items. I found out later that he buys this for a community center in the neighborhood, and he fills up their pantry twice a year. The man greets me very politely, and then he said the most dreaded words that I've heard that night. He says to me, this will be a delivery. Now just a quick break from the story to explain why this was so dreaded, especially on a busy day is, when we get a delivery, the cashier would call a helper from the store to help bag the groceries. Now usually people do their own bagging. The bags would then be placed in plastic containers, and then the containers would be placed on top of each other and taken to the back fridge until delivery. A regular delivery is between 3 to 5 crates. Each crate has a number. I have to input all of them into the computer, along with the correct delivery address and phone number, and print out the receipts and place the copies in the crates. Even for a small delivery, this always takes extra time. Back to the story. So this guy has two full carts, and he wants a delivery. I say, sure, no problem. I then turn to everyone else in line and let them know that this is a delivery, and it's going to take a bit longer than usual, and I apologize for any delay this may cause. We always do this, so customers will be aware of the delay, and they can move to another cache if they're in a hurry. This is when the whole line groans, and I don't blame them. There was nowhere else to go. I could see every one of them craning their necks to check out the other lines, and they all decide to stay. So I start scanning as fast as I can. I get to the point where the bagger can't keep up with all the items, and the belt where I placed all the scanned items is just a mountain of cans, bags of chips, soups, and whatnot. I can't even scan another item because they're falling back onto my scale. At this point, I stop and ask if he wants help begging. The customer and the bagger are both appreciative, and I help beg groceries for a few minutes. Just enough to clear some space so I can continue scanning items. And this happens every few minutes. It gets full, I stop to help, clear some space, and keep going. And this is where Karen comes into play. She's maybe in her 40s, with long brown hair. She was standing with one hand on her hip. She's in my line, about five to six people in front of her still, and this is the conversation that follows. Karen screams at me and says, Hey, what are you doing? Can't you see how many people are waiting? At this point, I'm not answering because I don't think she was talking to me. I just keep scanning. Karen says again, Excuse me, what kind of cashier are you? Why aren't you doing your job? The woman at this point is screaming at the top of her lungs, and I say to her, I'm sorry ma'am, I'm just trying to... She then interrupts me and says, that's not your job. You are a cashier. You don't bag items. I say to her, I'm just helping move things along faster. If this is a problem or you're in a hurry, please feel free to move to another line. I'm sure another cashier will be more than happy to serve you. And I want to note that I said this really nicely, not sarcastic or rude at all. Obviously, that didn't help. Of course, Karen's not listening, and she's having none of it. She screams at me, You should be fired! You're so slow! I just stop listening at this point, and I don't even answer, as I'm still helping to bag and scan as fast as possible, knowing it's not gonna help anyway. However, I do see one of my managers, Joe, walk up to Karen. Joe's great, by the way, always helping the workers. 
he comes up and says what seems to be the problem. Karen yells at him and says, Your cashier is awful. She's not doing her job. You need to fire her. Joe looks over at me for a second and understands exactly what's happening and turns to Karen and says, Can't you see that she's trying to help? She's trying to make this go much faster. Joe does try to calm her down by explaining how me bagging items is actually helping, and this makes Karen even more irate, if you can believe it. At this point, spits flying from her mouth, her arms are flailing, she's screaming like a banshee, and suddenly I notice an older woman, who must have been around 80 years old, trying to get Karen's attention by tapping her on the shoulder. It takes a few tries, but she finally gets her attention, and Karen spins around and says, What? That's when the nice old lady says, Your daughter's crying. And this is when the entire store seemed to have stopped talking all at once. Like someone pressed the mute button and turned off the volume. The sea of people in front of me parts a bit and we all look down to see a little girl, who could not have been older than 4 years old, clutching her mother's thighs, bawling her eyes out, snot coming out of everywhere and she's hyperventilating. This little girl was terrified and I can't blame her. Seeing her mother going off like that must have been terrifying. The silence lasted an entire two seconds, because that's when Karen starts yelling at Joe saying, Look what you did! You and your stupid lazy cashier made my daughter cry! You're all about to lose your jobs! And that's when she starts swinging towards Joe, trying to slap him. And she would have decked him right in the face if the old lady hadn't grabbed her in a bear hug to stop her. I had to pick up my jaw off the floor. At that point, other customers got involved, trying to peel off the nice lady from Karen and stopping Karen from trying to kill Joe. That's when mall security storms the place and the sea of people just surrounded Karen and I couldn't see much of anything anymore. By the sound of yelling getting farther and farther away, I figured Karen was being led either to the back office or the mall security office. The entire time this is happening, I'm still bagging and scanning items. I'm about halfway through the customer's purchase. I finish up with him with no more problems. He was very nice and he thanked me profusely for helping with the bags, even though technically it wasn't a part of my job. No one else in my line complained. I actually got compliments from people about keeping my composure. Once the rush died down a bit, I went for a break. I met another employee in the back room, and I start to tell him what just happened when he cuts me off and says, She was yelling at you? Everyone heard that, but had no idea what the heck was happening. He told me that police was called, and Karen was escorted out of the store and the mall in handcuffs. I filled him in on everything, and we spent the next 30 minutes laughing. I don't know what happened with the child, I'm assuming they called another family member to pick her up. I also don't know what happened with Karen after that. I ended up working there for another year, and I never saw her again. Hopefully she learned to do her grocery shopping on Tuesday or Wednesday. And this was the first Karen that I had the displeasure of meeting while working at the store, but definitely not the last. Some people really have no patience, guys. Like, how did that woman think that causing a scene and berating staff would make things go faster? And the really dumb thing is, she did all of that for nothing. Like, the woman ended up with no groceries, and she was arrested for that. But that, my friends, is r slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today. I hope you didn't shake your heads too hard. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, I will link it right here. It's an r slash pro revenge. It's been a while since I've done those ones, guys where a new neighbor won't stop harassing OP's dog, and OP goes scorched earth. Everyone gets arrested. Guys, go check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.